Hey everyone, what's up? This is Taylor from the New York Gun Guys podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the John Doe's versus Suffolk County, give you guys an update on the case in the Second Circuit Court of Appeals, Kathy Hochul's statements on, quote, other firearms, and the new gun control proposal she's looking to introduce. Be sure to check out our other episodes on podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you find podcasts, and check out our social media at New York Gun Guys, NY Gun Guys. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the New York Gun Guys podcast, NY Gun Guys. Uh, Taylor here today. Got a lot to talk about. Got a lot to discuss. Um, so I guess let's just get right into it. Um, the big news that came out of the Second Circuit Court of Appeals was the John Doe's versus Suffolk County. And they started oral arguments uh, with Amy Bellantoni, who is everyone's favorite pro-gun New York attorney. She fucking rules. And she was talking, uh, giving oral arguments against the county's attorney in front of, I think it was a panel of a few judges to warrant the merits of the case. And mainly they were talking about um, if they want to proceed anonymously. So there was 10 people that Amy is representing and they want to be anonymous. So they don't want their names out there. But the county was arguing basically that since the um, since the county already knows who they are, since they know who purchased these firearms, that they don't need to be anonymous. Amy was trying to argue that they can have harm that comes to them because the county is looking to take away those firearms from them. And by a governmental taking, it's a deprivation of their Fourth Amendment rights. So she claims that's the harm that's brought to them. The judges didn't seem too keen on that idea. They're like, well, why not just not be anonymous if they already know who they are? So that was a lot of what the case was talking about originally. Um... For anyone who doesn't know, this all originated from uh, a local FFL, Jerry's Firearms, that got investigated by the ATF, the state, county, whatever, because allegedly they were selling non-compliant, quote, other firearms from a company called Delta Level Defense. And other firearm is kind of in a gray area in New York's law where it's not a rifle, it's not a pistol, it's not a shotgun, it's not an SBR it's basically an AR-style firearm that doesn't quite meet those definitions. It's 26 inches in length, doesn't have a shoulder stock, has a forward grip. And um, so this company, Delta Level Defense, was selling them. And it's legal in Connecticut, where the company is from. And allegedly, it's legal in New York. Now, this gets really interesting because <clears throat> it's the county contests that the gun is illegal. But the state, on the other hand, doesn't have a law saying it's illegal, but it also doesn't have a law saying it's legal. So when they were arguing this case, the topic of this gun came up, and the, the, the courts were asking, well, has any of them been confiscated? The county argues no, but Amy Bellantoni is like, well, they haven't been forcibly confiscated, but people have had to give up their firearms under threat of arrest. So it's it's kind of like a force. They, they guide your hand into doing what the county wants with this. So they're talking about the case and they're they're going back and forth. And basically, <laughs> in a nutshell, the county admits that in one hand they say they're illegal, but then they also admit that there's no law defining their legality. Um, I listened to the whole thing. It's about a half hour. The link is on our Facebook page. You could go check that out. Um, it's an audio only link, no video. Um, <clears throat> but basically, after listening to it, my thoughts are this. 
The county wants the guns back so they could use them as evidence in the case against Jerry's. They said they won't destroy them and that they're hoping that they can make a deal where Jerry's pays to modify them to make compliant. Because the county said they're, quote, functionally assault weapons but aren't actually and admit there's no law saying they're illegal. And like I said, there's also no law saying that they are legal. Um, the court has the issues with the defendants proceeding anonymously, and that seems to be the biggest issue there in my case. Um, Amy Bellantoni said that there was no evidentiary hearing under the penalty of perjury so the county can say whatever now, and they won't be held accountable for it. So the county said that no firearms has been seized, no firearms have been forcibly confiscated, but she's like, Amy Bellantoni saying, well, that's not true. People have had to give up their firearms under threat of arrest. There was no evidentiary hearing, and basically Amy Bellantoni wants an evidentiary hearing to submit these guns as evidence and then to decide if they are legal or illegal under under oath, under threat of perjury. Because at this point, she says the county can say whatever they want, and, um, you know, she's got a point. She's, without actually any, any evidence to back it up, it's just he said, she said between the two lawyers that are going before these judges. And... Um, there's one comment that, one uh, audio clip that I want to play from this that basically sums it up. So these people that own these guns got a letter in the mail saying, surrender within 15 days, receipt of this letter, or you will face arrest. Um, but the people who retained Amy Bellantoni didn't, and they still have these guns. And Amy was saying that they can't take them out of the house, they can't use them, they just are holding these things that... The county says illegal, but the state says it is not. So she made a great comparison. And I have the audio clip here. It's about 23 minutes in on the audio if you want to listen to it. So let's just uh, give this a listen now. If my clients had a kilo of cocaine in their home, <laughs> they certainly would not be receiving a letter from the Suffolk County Police Department. The police would go and get a warrant based on probable cause to enter their houses and seize the cocaine from them. That's an obvious scenario. The letter was sent because there is no penal law provision under which these firearms are illegal. That was reiterated by the governor on May 18th and the president of the superintendent of the state police. We filed a rule uh, 28J letter yesterday. My colleague on the other side filed her response and with her response was gracious enough to provide the governor's memorandum which is proposing legislation to criminalize or to regulate these other firearms. This memorandum in and of itself demonstrates that there is no law criminalizing or outlawing these other firearms. So in the absence of any penal law statute making these firearms illegal, no surrender of these firearms is voluntary. Boom goes dynamite. <laughs> I heard that and I was just like, oh shit, mic drop moment. But she's got a point. If they know who has these guns, and let's just say the county knows they're illegal, why don't they arrest them? Why don't they go after these people like the state and local municipalities have been promising to be tougher on, quote, gun crime? Because they can't. And they're just banking on people being scared by their government to just surrender them. Now, she, she made um, a statement about the governor at a press conference with... Um, I forget who she said, but it was basically like a top law enforcement official in the state saying that they're not illegal, saying that, you know, they are looking to regulate them, that they're looking to propose legislation to ban them or regulate them. And 
that means now that there's no law banning or regulating them. So if there's no law, then you can't, there's no criminal law on that. Um, <laughs> maybe it was a little exaggerated with the whole cocaine thing, but the, the point was still proven that, yes, you know, this is something that has no law about it. And I think that <laughs> with that, it's a good time to talk about now Governor Kathy Hochul's statements that's being referenced in this case. So she had put out a video on, um, I'm just looking at the date here, May 18th. It's actually on her YouTube channel, Governor Kathy Hochul. And the title of the video is Governor, Ka- Governor Kathy, uh, Governor Hochul, sorry, announces support for comprehensive package to combat rise in domestic terrorism. <sighs> domestic terrorism now has a new face to it. And they're labeling these incidents of mass shootings and everything as domestic terrorism. You could argue back and forth if you agree with that assessment or not. But now the state is looking to build a task force that monitors online, quote, hate speech, monitors online radical elements on social media and places like Twitch, Discord, etc., she said she touted that this is going to be the first in the nation of this type of task force that's specifically dedicated to monitoring online domestic extremism. Well, that just means that government is prying into and, in, you know, invading your free speech on the Internet. So be careful what you post out there, people. Um, I'm not encouraging anybody to not do anything or to do anything. But, you know, as gun owners in the state of New York, we're already viewed as extreme. We're already viewed as, quote, sick, as Biden put it, if you want to own an AR-15. So, you know, anything you do or say in the Internet now will be in under a microscope. Anybody could say anything about you or report you if you say something inflammatory on Facebook or if you get heated in a passionate exchange on an Internet forum. So getting back to what I was talking about earlier with the other type firearms, Kathy Hochul was at this press conference that was uploaded to YouTube on May 18th. So, you know, a little while ago. And she um, <clears throat> she has statements about other firearms. So I'm going to play that clip right now and then we'll talk about it. Shocking. There is another loophole. It's called the AOW. Have you heard of this? <coughs> it stands for any other weapon. And you're going to be shocked when you see the type of gun that can legally be bought in the state of New York today. So just to pause that, she calls it an any other weapon, which, I mean, technically is a catch-all on the state level. But on a federal level, an AOW is an NFA-regulated firearm. So just know the misnomer there. She's talking about the, quote, others. Um, and here, like she said, you could legally buy in the state of New York right now. So all the debate back and forth on Reddit and on all these forums, is it legal, is it not legal? She says it's you could buy it right now in the state of New York. So she says it's legal. The governor of New York says it's legal. That was one thing that Amy Bellantoni was arguing, basically saying the governor of New York said this is legal. So gray area is now black and white. So I'm going to continue playing the clip now. Because... There's a new category of weapons where the characteristics put them in this gray space between rifles and shotguns and pistols. And they're specifically designed to fall outside the realm of regulation. And that is correct. Because if something's not defined, it can't be regulated. And she's trying to make it seem like criminals and the gun manufacturers are exploiting this. 
Meanwhile, it's people just recognizing that the SAFE Act was a piece of shit legislation <laughs> that didn't define things properly. And that was rammed through in the middle of the night and that really didn't need to be legislated on, in my opinion. So keep going. So they're not subject to our laws. That is how they were created. That is why they exist. Superintendent, would you please show us what an any other weapon looks like? Okay, so now she's the superintendent of police of the state of New York is now bringing up an other type firearm for her. Does anybody think this is a gun? <laughs> Does anybody think this is a gun? It's a fucking gun. So basically, from what it looks like, it's maybe about a 12-inch barrel, muzzle brake, forward grip. Um, it looks, it's got a sta pistol stabilizing brace. So just your normal run-of-the-mill AOW type uh, firearm there. So she's saying, does anyone think this looks like a gun? Duh. The fuck? <laughs> Let me play the next part because it's, it's funny. Our laws don't. She says her laws don't view this as a gun, which is blatantly false. In order to buy an other, if you buy one complete from an FFL, you have to undergo a 4473 background check. It's a firearm. It is a gun. It, just like if you build one yourself using an AR-15 lower receiver, you have to go through a background check if you get that lower receiver from a dealer. Now, previously, some people were making them out of 80%, which technically, if you manufacture a gun yourself, you can't be a prohibited person, you can't be a felon, you can't uh, be an unlawful user or addicted to drugs, you can't be deemed mentally incompetent. There technically is no background check for that, but you as a law-abiding citizen have to be part of that. And if you're a criminal, you're going to make it and you're going to be a criminal. So it's illegal. A, law, a gun to be regulated. Our laws don't regulate this. The laws do regulate it in the fact that it is a firearm, uh, Governor Hochul, just in case you were unaware. I, I suggest that you brush up and read up on maybe how to buy a gun, what a gun is, you know? It's like that senator from California, De Leon. This is a ghost gun. 30 caliber clip magazine. Ooh. Like, Go fuck yourself. They will now. Thank you, Superintendent. Yes, yeah, so now she's saying they will be regulated now. It's concealable, they're high-powered, and they can be modified to have a high-capacity magazine. And now she holds up a 30-round magazine in her hands. And it's not that they could be modified to accept a 30-round magazine or a high-capacity magazine. They accept a detachable magazine. In the state of New York, it's illegal unless you're a law enforcement officer to possess a 30-round magazine like the one she is holding up in her hands. There's no modification needed to insert a high-capacity magazine into a firearm that accepts a detachable magazine. So her scare tactic saying it could be modified to do this, it's bullshit. If you possess a high-capacity magazine, it is illegal. If you put it in that gun, it is illegal. If you use that gun to kill people using a high-capacity magazine, killing people is illegal, and using a high-capacity magazine to do so is illegal, and possessing it is illegal. So these people that get these high-capacity magazines and use them illegally should be prosecuted as such. But Governor Hochul wants to scare the public and all the fucking people that don't know anything into saying that a gun like that is outside the laws and it's not a gun and it could be used to accept high-capacity magazines. She is full of shit. And currently that's legal. No, it's not. <laughs> Governor Hochul, no, it's not. It, it could be modified to accept a high-capacity magazine and currently that's legal. <sighs> no, it's not. It's not legal to put a high-capacity magazine into a firearm like that. Again, 
I, I watched this the other day in, in preparation of talking about this, and I really just had to put on some John Denver to just calm down because I'm just like, this is just this is just ridiculous. You know, I <laughs> I really did, man. It's just it's it's mind numbing how these people are, how they think, how they work and what they say and how the public is just so, oh, my God, we need to do something. It's like, just no, shut up. You can go online right now and see manufacturers and sellers describing it as something called a completely legal sawed off. No, that is bullshit. It, that nobody describes it as a completely legal sawed off. <laughs> Some people I've heard, like just at the range, call a let's just say a Mossberg shockwave or Attack 14 a completely legal sawed off. But people aren't sawing off AR-15s. The history of a sawed off is generally referred to for a shotgun, which she stumbles on that after this. We ban sawed off gunshot gun. We ban sawed off gunshots. Of weapons. But this says it's completely legal. Not anymore. We are introducing legislation that revises the definition of a firearm to include those weapons, which means we'll be able to charge and prosecute people accordingly. This is just one of those enormous loopholes that you can drive a truck through. You could drive a truck through just like people do at Christmas parades. You could drive a truck through with people at rallies like those criminals and deranged people do. But in the state of New York, if you find a way to work within the bounds of the law, now you are exploiting loopholes and you are the scourge of society. Uh, that's just the impression that I get from the way she's talking about it. Similar to what we have with ghost guns. There's another bill, and I want to thank Senator Hoylman and Linda Rosenthal, that requires all semi-automatic pistols sold in New York to be micro-stamped. All right. Well, I guess this is a nice um, segue into the next thing I wanted to talk about. Um, basically, how now, after everything that's going on, the state wants to introduce new gun control proposals. <sighs> So Governor Hochul had a tweet also on the 18th, the same day that this video was released, where she says, quote, we must continue to push forward on new methods to combat gun violence and protect our communities. I'm calling on the legislature to pass a package of bills that will close loopholes in our laws and provide law enforcement with more tools to fight gun violence. The tweet is a picture and it says combating hate and preventing gun violence, working with the legislature to pass laws that number one require police to report crime guns within 24 hours. Number two, require micro-stamping on semi-automatic pistols sold in New York. Number three, close the, quote, other gun hole, gun loophole. <laughs> other gun hole. <laughs> I, I take issue with these laws because the first one, require police to report crime guns within 24 hours. What she's talking about is, and, um, She's saying basically that if the police find a, a crime gun, they don't have to, like if, let's just say New York City police, they don't have to report it to the state police. They do their own investigation. They find the gun. They might have their own ballistics. Now she wants to report it to the state police to create a database of crime guns that are used, and so that way they could see if the guns were used in any other crimes, et cetera, et cetera. You know, that seems like a good idea on the surface, but, you know, any gun control law like this, I feel like he's just going to, complicate things it's just gonna it's just they're putting this in 
with other things to try and ram it through. If this was so important, they would have done this already. I mean, it seems, you know, pretty quote, and I hate to use this phrase, common sense, that, yeah, law enforcement agencies should share information with one another. But if it was so important, it was so needed, why wasn't this done originally? And I don't think anybody, you know, any Democrat would have had a problem with that. But now they're putting it in with these other two. Microstamping. This bill will never die. It's been tried in California. They, I think they passed it, and they couldn't implement it. They couldn't do it. You physically can't do it. You can't etch something small enough on the head of a striker or a firing pin to leave a micro-stamped number or unique identifying code on a shell casing. You can't put it in the chamber because if something is in the chamber, the bullet expands in the chamber, and then it goes into that recess, and then you have to extract the bullet out of that, and it just obliterates whatever is left on the casing. Microstamping is a fantasy. Microstamping is a fallacy, and it can never be done. Governor Hochul said in a statement that most of the guns used in crime come from out of state. Most of them are guns that are trafficked from states that people buy them from, let's just say illegally or stolen or straw purchased, and then they traffic them up into New York. Or she had said in another statement that they're purchased in Pennsylvania, just like the high-capacity magazines that come into the state, she says, and are used in crimes, or that they're ghost guns and they're purchased in Pennsylvania and they're assembled and made and brought into the state of New York. So she says that she wants to require microsamping on all semi-automatic pistols sold in New York. So, Governor Hochul, if all the crime guns are coming from out of state through the, quote, iron pipeline, if they're ghost guns that are being bought out of state, assembled and manufactured by people and then brought illegally into the state, how would that solve the issue of tracing crime guns? It won't. It will only hurt law-abiding people in New York that want to buy a pistol legally, who will never use it in the commission of a crime, who will never sell it illegally, and now you're subjecting them to erroneous and nonsensical fantasy laws that cannot be made, that cannot be done. And who's to say if you do buy a pistol in New York and you are a criminal and you go through the whole process, years-long process, especially where we live, downstate New York to get a handgun permit. Years and background checks and references and money and time. And let's just say you do want to commit a crime with that firearm. What's it going to take for you to let's just say, you know, not to sound like an old school boomer, but file off that that micro stamp or file or replace the part entirely with one that isn't micro stamped? It's not hard. <laughs> if you're a criminal and you want to commit crimes, that's what you're going to do. And it's going to do nothing. It will literally, I, I guarantee you, Governor Hochul, if you somehow hear this, I doubt you will. But first of all, I, I don't like you, just to put that out there. <laughs> Secondly, this, this is just nonsense. It's fantasy. No gun manufacturer, Glock is not going to make a special New York compliant Glock model where it, the firing pins or the strikers, in their case, strikers, they're going to imprint a unique code. They, they're not going to fucking do it. They're just going to be like, all right, sorry, New York. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. They're not going to do it. And this is just, it's going to, they're going to try and get funding for it and this is going to die. So they're trying to put this in with a package of bills that the biggie is closing the quote other loophole, which has nothing to do with anything, mind you. If, if this Buffalo tragedy didn't happen, this wouldn't even be a topic of conversation. But now they're using a tragedy to exploit this, this quote loophole and they're looking to close it. They're, they're using this tragedy to push their agenda just like they do after every horrible incident of gun violence in this country unless it's a weekend in chicago then nobody gives a fuck and i've said it many times before on the podcast that if you look at the chicago sun times every weekend they have a weekend violence report 
that they do. And they talk about um, what happened over the weekend. So uh, I'm just, I, you know what, just, just I Googled it really quick. And May 16th, the Chicago Sun-Times reported Chicago weekend violence, five dead, 29 wounded by gunfire. This is every fucking weekend in Chicago. A, a literal genocide, a literal mass murder is happening every weekend in Chicago. But because it's Chicago and because it's not school children, I mean, it might be, but nobody gives a fuck. But now that people are murdered by a deranged racist in a supermarket in New York, now people have to care. But nobody gives a shit when it comes to gun violence in inner cities. Nobody gives a shit when it comes to gun violence in, let's just say, New York City. People say they do. Eric Adams seems to think that they care, but in reality, they don't. They don't hold people accountable. They don't, they don't, when they arrest people, they just let them go on bail. They don't, they don't care. And that's just my opinion. You could, you could say that, oh, people care. No, they don't give a shit because every weekend in Chicago, it's the same shit, but nobody gives a fuck until it makes national news and then people have to now, quote, do something. So anyway, Getting back to what I was saying about the um, micro-stamping. So the micro-stamping is a complete waste of time. You could look up the whole history of it in California. And she said other states have tried it, but we now have the benefit to learn from their mistakes and what they did wrong. There's nothing that they did wrong. It's just it's a dumb fucking law that won't do anything. Uh, so speaking of other gun control laws that are being passed um, or being introduced, Senate Bill S1192B is in Bravo requires persons possessing any firearm to hold a firearm safety certificate introduced in the 2021-2022 legislative session is currently on the floor calendar. So now the next step would be to get a vote in the Senate and the the Assembly. And if it gets to the governor, it will be signed by her. That's just an unfortunate thing. So it's been tried to be introduced in 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, all the way up to 2020. All these different names, and it's failed, thankfully. Well, basically, what it's looking to do is require persons possessing any firearms to hold a firearm safety certificate and establish an application and training process. So in order to possess a firearm, then, in New York, you need to have a a license. That's what they want to do. This is basically under the guise of, they say the purpose of this is to reduce the number of unintentional shootings by ensuring that gun owners know how to safely use and store firearms and to increase compliance with existing firearms laws by requiring gun owners to demonstrate knowledge of those laws. So basically they want you to exercise that you have knowledge of a firearm and you have to pay and get a permit to exercise a right, which I don't believe so. And then they get into the whole uh, keeping children safe, you know, that whole thing, because obviously they can't pass this without pulling on the heartstrings of everyone talking about child safety when really this is just about another step to get in the way of your second amendment rights and they're talking about um so they get into it here saying the methods for safely storing firearms and keeping children safe when weapons are present um then they also talk about they want firearm training so not less than two hours of live fire live firing instruction at a shooting range using the type of firearm that the applicant anticipates purchasing so they have to be trained by somebody for a gun that they haven't purchased yet so how is the training person going to provide that gun do they have to know every type of gun do they have to have every type of gun what if i want to purchase a bar browning semi-automatic bar which i don't think you could do in new york but let's just say for shits and giggles you know does that mean that the training instructor has to have a bar (laughs) that like this is fucking ridiculous um 
Safe handling of a firearm demonstration as a test by a duly authorized instructor. The course must be approved by the sheriff of the county in which the applicant resides or the commissioner of the police department of a city having a population of one million or more. Every firearm safety certificate is valid for a period of two years and may be renewed. The certificate is non-transferable and only applicable to the applicant. So every two years you have to say, please, sir, may I have my rights to bear arms? And the government can say, hmm, I don't know. Do you have to go through this live fire course every two years? It's like, suck my dick, Jesus. <laughs> so, and then they say the justification for, the, the, uh, for this is handgun safety is important to all New Yorkers. Handgun accidents involving children are especially disturbing. Studies show that easy access to loaded handguns in homes is a major cause of accidental shootings of children. While, they may, that while there may be no way to guarantee safety, handgun owners can take steps to prevent any accidental shootings. This legislation will provide persons possessing firearms valuable information to help them become a safe and responsible gun owner. So are they talking about handguns or are they talking about rifles? Because in order to have a handgun, you already have to have a permit for it. So they just want training now? So you have to get an additional permit on top of your handgun permit? You know, it, it makes no fucking sense. And no wonder this bill never passed. I, I hope this doesn't pass. Everybody who listens to this, just check it out, read it, you know, write your letters, call your congressmen, your, your senators, whatever. Um, another law that they're trying to introduce is Senate Bill uh, Assembly Bill A352, which actually um, the armed scholar had did a video on, which we shared to our Facebook page the other day. So this... Another great piece of legislation here from New York, which will do absolutely nothing, relates to the unlawful possession, purchase, or possession of a body vest. So it, it I don't think it's been introduced yet. They're, they, I think they drafted the bill, but on the New York State Senate page, it, it hasn't been in the introduced box yet. But the armed scholar had talked about it and is being brought up now. Um, literally, body armor is the most passive form of bearing arms, and the armed scholar kind of gets into it where he talks about how any instrument of self-defense is considered a bearable arm by the Supreme Court. So body armor, therefore, in his opinion, is an arm that can be bared, even though it won't hurt anybody. It's literally passive. It's purely defensive. It cannot offend anyone. It cannot go on the offense against anyone. They want to ban the purchase and possession of body armor, body vests, as you call it. They want the purchase or possession of a body vest, it shall be a class A misdemeanor for a first offense and a class E felony for each subsequent offense. So it's a misdemeanor for the first offense. Like, if they really wanted to ban it, make it a felony. But they want to do it on the second time, which is bullshit, in my opinion. And then if you currently, uh, it says any person currently in possession of a body vest, as such term is defined in subdivision two, the section of the penal law, shall have 15 days from the effective date of this act to dispose of such body vest at any local or state law enforcement agency. So here, New York State, take my means of protection from armed criminals who do not give a shit about laws or the fucking government. Here you go. Take it. <laughs> Literally, a the most passive form of self-defense just you you're not hurting anybody it is under your clothes and you know one time john and i were at the range and the range officer there was wearing like full plates and you know i was kind of like you need full plates here but then he's like you know how many times a day i get muzzled by high-powered fire like rifles i'm like good fucking point and you know they say the only people that can use it is law enforcement or whose job is deemed necessary to have it by the State Department or whatever bullshit. And it's like, well, you know what? This guy working hard at the range, making sure everyone's kept safe, you know, he's wearing it to make sure he don't catch around. So how is that 
how is that offending anybody? How is that hurting anybody? It's not. It's literally protecting oneself. And that's the biggest argument I have. I, I don't have body armor. People do, though. Maybe I should get some, <laughs> depending on the way this law is passed. But you know what? I think it's something that if you're serious, that maybe you should have. Because there might come a day where you might fucking need it, especially as evidence is seen in all the shit that happened in 2020 where towns and cities were on fire and burning, people were shooting, and there was explosions, and you know what I mean? It, And just because you wear a vest doesn't make you fucking immune from bullets or spalling or shrapnel. It only protects the vital areas within your chest. You know, you can still get hit in legs and bleed out. You can still get hit in the neck, head, etc., but it's something. And people who cry do something. Well, people are doing something and protecting themselves. I think that this law, there there already is a law in New York, I believe, that if you use a body armor vest or a body vest, as they call it, while in the commission of a crime, it's an enhancement law, meaning that they could say that you are not using this in self-defense. You are using this to evade law enforcement or to give yourself an advantage against law enforcement during the commission of a crime. Okay, if you want to do that, fine, because they're criminals and they should be treated as such, in my opinion. I just think that with with everything that's going on, with all these new gun proposals, New York State already passed the SAFE Act, and they did it in response to a massacre that happened in a different state that already had gun control laws for the most part. We did it in the middle of the night. No no review, no nothing. We need to pass this now. It was already ready to go. They already had it. They were just waiting for the tragedy to exploit. It was supposed to prevent things like this from happening. And as new details emerge, you know, from this shooter in Buffalo, it really just goes to show you the lengths at which criminals will go to. He legally purchased a firearm from what I hear, allegedly, it was a fixed magazine AR-15 style rifle. He then modified it by removing the mag catch to make it an illegal assault weapon as per New York state law. He then went to Pennsylvania, which was not far from the, the, the town in which it happened, and purchased high-capacity magazines. So there's no law preventing a person from out of state from buying high-capacity magazines, but there is a law that prevents you from bringing them into the state and possessing them in the state. So again... Another law is broken. Another safe act law is broken. He then, you know, you know the rest, goes into the supermarket, plans it out. There's screenshots from his manifesto online. I saw one um, recently where it's basically a timeline and how he talks about, you know, his plan and what he plans to do. Um, you know, it's it's just disgusting what this guy did, you know, and everything. And one thing I'd like to address is, in the previous episode, the last episode we did, John and I were talking about mental, you know, mental illness. And, you know, my position in that was that I didn't believe that this person was criminally mentally ill. I agree with John. I just want to clarify my statements. I agree with John that any person who does this is mentally ill. There's no way about that. There's no way around that. I just think he wasn't criminally mentally ill and couldn't be tried as such. That's what I wanted to clarify. And that's, you know, because some people have asked me about those statements. They're like, how do you think this person's not mentally ill? He's a deranged racist with delirium dreams of replacement theory and all this. And I'm like, listen, like, obviously he has issues. He's mentally ill. But, you know, the severity of it, like I said, I don't think he's criminally mentally ill because he knew exactly what he was doing. That's just the clarification on that I want to make. I don't want to get too much more into that because I don't want to talk about the person who did this. I don't want to give glorify him. I don't want to give him any of my time. 
I hope that, you know, he either rots in prison or prisoners decide to take some some swift justice with this shit. Um, <laughs> but these are things that, as New Yorkers, we have to think about and just like, okay, they said the SAFE Act was the law that was going to stop this from happening. Now what? It didn't. So what now? Governor Hoka wants to ban uh, AR-15s. She wants to raise the purchase limit of a firearm to 21. That's a, that's a common thing that's happening in this country. You know, she says, you can't buy a drink at 18, but you could buy an AR-15. Well, back in the day, you used to be able to buy a drink at 18 until they changed that. You know, I'm in disagreement with that. You know, many countries, and again, a lot of people compare other countries' gun laws to ours, but a lot of other countries around the world have a lower drinking age, and it really doesn't affect their society because culturally that's the way it's always been. It's just, it's no big deal. You could buy a drink at 18. They don't view it as this taboo thing. And they learn from a young age that this is what it is and this is part of the culture. And, you know, obviously people abuse alcohol all over the world. But but raising the age of things I, is just is just a Band-Aid on the problem. Okay, because then when this guy is 21, do you think he's still going to have the same issues he had when he's 18? You know, I think so. I mean, I like to think that people can change. And as in the last episode, I hope that people can change and people can work through their issues and other people who see this type of behavior can chime in and say, hey, this is messed up. Don't do this. Like, what are you doing? You need help? I'd like to think that people have a little bit more morality when it comes to that, but apparently not. So Governor Hochul wants to raise the age to purchase a firearm to 21. But, you know, at 18, you could join the Army. They give you a 240 Bravo, send you overseas to some godforsaken country where some insurgent can blow your head off. But, you know, yeah, let's just (laughs) raise the age to 21 because... Children aren't responsible enough, or 18-year-olds aren't responsible enough to own a firearm. Sure, but, you know, let's go send them to die in other countries. But anyway, I digress on that. So, um, guys, I hope you like this episode. Uh, going forward, we're going to be doing uh, mostly solo episodes. Um, I'm looking to have some guests on in the future. Um, and one of our upcoming guests that I have lined up, I have a, a pretty cool guest that um, is going to give some insight into things, which I think you guys will really enjoy. So be sure to also check out, we're still doing the giveaway as of right now for the Crossbreed holster. Uh, The two holsters, the Inside the Waistband Appendix Carry Glock 26 and the Complete Carry Package from Crossbreed Holsters. So they're giving away a a voucher code for a holster, belt, and a mag carrier rig. I mean, that's pricey shit. And they were generous enough to give us a code. I see some people on Instagram. Instagram is getting a lot more traction when it comes to that for Facebook. So I... um, Maybe check out the Instagram, maybe check out the Facebook. On Instagram, if you like the picture and tag two friends, you'll be entered. And on Facebook, if you like the post and you share it, you'll be entered. So if you have both Facebook and Instagram, you could be entered twice. And I think the way we're going to do it is we're going to give the person a pick, whether they want the Glock 26 first or the concealed carry rig, because not everyone has a Glock 26. But if you do have a Glock 26 and you want an inside the waistband appendix, great, cool. You got a free holster. I think that's great. Um, again, we don't make any money from that. They were just nice enough to do it out of the, you know, I guess the kindness of their heart, but also they're getting some free advertising out of it. So, Hey, you know, it's good to them. But anyway, everyone, um, you know, be sure to check us out. NY gun guys, Instagram, Facebook, and, uh, thanks everyone for tuning in and, uh, check out our previous episodes also on other firearms and other gun control, uh, measures that were being introduced in the state. And as always be safe. (laughs) 